Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to the Brian Book Club. One of the things that I do, not only as a horror fan, but also as a storyteller slash player for White Wolf Games, is try to pick people's brains for different horror novels and different horror writers that they enjoy. I find, at least myself being a reader and a fan of certain authors, I usually feel like I'm enclosed to their certain style of writing and, and sometimes I have a hard time expanding my horizons. So I do a couple things. One is I'll ask other fellow content creators or horror fans like what books they enjoy. You, you may have seen me asked on a Twitter account before. Or I'll go like on a website like Goodreads and I'll ask, you know, I'll look on a list and for like top 100 horror novels that have been rated on there. And one book that came recommended via both means is 1990, Dan Simmons' 1990 book, Carrying Comfort. Matter of fact, before I read this book, I made a comment on Twitter, a, a, a tweet stating I was about to read it, and I actually had a, uh, someone who had written for Onyx Path at one point mention that they kind of had pulled inspiration from this book. This book's kind of an interesting book, and in the fact that I believe it was Dan Simmons' second novel. And I have the 20th anniversary edition where there's like a 20-page forward that kind of explains his history behind it and how it was this journey for him to get it published and how he rewrote it a few times and difficulties he had with editors. It, the book in itself deals with this interesting concept where it takes a new spin on psychic abilities and kind of a spin on vampiric abilities where basically it has these select handful of people through evolution or whatever means have this a psychic ability to where not only can they control people but they can feed off of people's fears in a way and not fears that's not really quite an accurate term but feed off people's psychic energies to where they live a slightly longer lifespan than a normal human being would and this book has some really like intense horror scenes now nothing that there's one scene that deals with a sexual assault that's somewhat uncomfortable to read obviously due to the nature but this isn't like a a, a book that is full of gore senseless gore you know there's never a point where i felt like i had to put the book down and just take a break from it but it did have some really intense moments you know i mean you're dealing with a subject where basically another human being can mentally control someone else for their own purposes. And you have to think about that from the perspective of today's society or any society period. If anyone really had that ability to where they could do something like that, imagine the things that could be done. I found that there were some interesting characters in the way. And, and, and one thing that I did enjoy about the book is how they showed with that kind of power, how someone can somewhat become detached. And I'll cover that later on when we talk about influences that you and inspirations that you could take from this book and that you can use in a White Wolf slash World of Darkness game. Now, while this book has some pretty good intense suspense horror scenes, 
I do feel though that's flawed in a way. I feel that it kind of has some of the 1980s action tropes that you see in movies. To be honest with you, and I'm not, I don't do the Brian Book Club to disparage a book, but I just found that the action overly, over like, like 80s diehard Rambo action movie scenes kind of like took away from the very well-written horror suspense scenes. And I felt at times that the book was rather long, more what was longer than it needed to be. You know, there comes a point where I'm reading a book to where if I'm like on the last quarter of a book and I keep looking to see how many pages I have left, that I'm not being pulled into the story, that I am more concerned at the moment of when can I finish this book so I can move on to the next book that I have planned to read. But again, I'm not here to disparage Dan Simmons, nor the book. And actually, I've been told by a lot of Dan Simmons fans, and there are he has a huge fan base, so obviously he's doing something right, that it gets his writing gets better with time. And that's to be expected, you know? If it's a, if it's a writer's second book, you, 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 you can't expect him to be fully grown into the craft of writing, just like anything else in life. With time and experience, you get more a larger skill set. And matter of fact, a lot of this book he wrote before he was able to write professionally full time. He was teaching and doing other things. So what are some inspirations that you can pull from carrying comfort? One is the use of dominate and vampire, the masquerade. We've all been there. If you've played vampire, the masquerade, I've been there as a storyteller and a player, you know, where you find that dominate, really potentially can lose the element of horror. I think that was originally set out when it was created and used as a discipline in the game. And I'd like to expand on that a little bit more. You know, one question that often people ask in forums and Facebook groups or whatever is what vampire clan is the most horrific, the scariest vampire clan? And I understand such questions, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a legitimate topic of discussion. You know, oftentimes you hear answers like the Shimaze or the Giovanni. But in my opinion, every clan in Vampire the Masquerade of the 13 original clans and, and the slew of bloodlines can be looked at as being the most horrific. It depends on the angle and the perception in which you tackle that question. Now in vampire novels and vampire lores and vampire media, I'm talking about movies, books, whatever. One thing that always freaked me out was the use of taking control of someone, right? We've seen it in a ton of vampire movies and maybe even vampire novels where the, the, the valiant and brave vampire hunter, you know, is in the tomb of this vampire and they're right about to kill it, you know, and there's this huge climax about to happen. And the vampire hunter pulls out a cross and says, get back, you spawn of the devil. And the vampire shies away. And then he looks at him in the eyes and he says, put down that cross. <laughs> I don't mean to be over dramatic in that, but we have been in that. We have seen that done in, in the vampire media 
countless numbers of times. And frankly, when I was younger watching vampire movies, that was scary. You know, you're right there in the den of the devil confronting, the de confronting this beast, and you have this cross between you and him, and you're winning this battle, and all of a sudden he tells you to stop. And that used to just bring out dread and fear in me in watching these movies. So, of course, it's natural that White Wolf, and when they created first edition Vampire the Masquerade, they brought that power into the game and they called it Dominate. But what oftentimes happens in games, and I've been guilty of it myself, is you try to find creative ways to use this power to get instant results. You know, you see it oftentimes with Dominate, the first style of Dominate. How, what one word can you say to get a result? How can you be, you know, tricky sleep stop freeze you know just whatever and sometimes you have a witty storyteller if you say freeze they'll have the, the 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 victim shiver but you get what i'm saying trying to like maybe get the most out of that one dot that they can and then they get happy when they get the second dot because they can give like a full sentence command and then they get happy when they can um forgetful memory and they can wipe the memories of someone when they do something to them and it just becomes like almost like this it loses its horror aspect in a way. It honestly does. And there came a moment to me as a storyteller where I realized that I wanted to look at this fundamental discipline and I wanted to make it scary in my games. So I started doing a couple of things where I put like, if it was used on an NPC, I made the horror of it realizing that the NPC subconsciously has a little trace of whatever memory was wiped from their head and a little mannerism or a tick. For example, for people who have watched our Twin Cities by Night game, and I'm not going to spoil too much, but in our homecoming story arc, one of the PCs, Jonathan Chase, uses forgetful mind on one of his ghouls. And I tried to make that to where the people witnessing him do that were shook in their core, the other player characters. When they saw it, they were disturbed. I also had it where in the first story arc, Negligence, where an NPC human almost had a mental breakdown because one of the PCs was using Dominate on him and the, and the NPC could not answer the question that was being asked. And what I feel Carrying Comfort does very well is gives good examples of how a power like Dominate can be scary. How it can like legitimately creep you out. There's a really strong opening scene in the book, and just mild spoilers ahead from here on, where one of these psychic vampires who's like this 70-year-old old lady, and you're not quite sure at this point how really inhumane she is, has one of her retainers pretty much turns on her and starts attacking her. And it's like this seven-year-old lady's running through Atlanta a suburb of Atlanta trying to survive. And it's like she's using her psychic ability to have people, to attack people who are attacking her. For example, I think she was running like by a convenience store or something like that. And she, she uses her psychic ability on this African-American male and has him, this father, and has him attack this guy who's attacking her. And the way that Dan Simmons writes it, it's like, it's, it just shows you the true power of, of a discipline like Dominate. I mentioned that there's this horrific 
um, sexual assault scene that's in the book, and I'm not going to get into details, but there is a character who is one of these psychic vampires who has, who is this, who, who is frankly a disgusting piece of trash who sexually assaults women. It's almost like odd, odd how in 1990, there was a character that was almost like Harvey Weinstein. And imagine Harvey Weinstein, if he had an ability like dominate. So it really shows you how this power and there's countless examples of it. And it's really interesting how he does it. And it's amazing, frankly. And I was like, I read it. I'm like, man, I have to up my game as a storyteller and as a player when using dominate. And I do feel that this book helped me out with that. One other thing that I pulled away from this book. And before I delve into that, just kind of expand on where I'm going with this. You know, we all, you most likely, if you're watching this, have read Vampire Masquerade books, I assume. And you've read about the elder, you know, about the jihad and about elders, you know, combating each other through machinations and, and these moves and moving around people like chess pieces. It's kind of a heavy theme in Chicago by night first edition. And then later on, and like in the second or revised editions, more from the shadows, you're not quite sure if you're being controlled and what exactly is going on. It's awesome reading. You read it in these source books and you're like, man, this is amazing. But I find as a storyteller myself, and if you don't suffer from this, then that's awesome. But I find at the time as a storyteller, it was really hard for me to come up with these grand conspiracies and then have them brought forth to my players without railroading them, right? And this book, I think another good thing that it does is shows you how there are a handful of these psychic vampires and how they control societies and sometimes against each other and plots within plots and wheels within wheels. I do feel that he does a good job when it comes to the schematic, schematics of these plots. But I feel one of the reasons why this book is bloated is the way that he kind of like explained them. And I feel sometimes that these plots were almost too, for lack of a better term, majestic. And that led to some of those action movie complaints that I mentioned earlier. But it does do it does show you that you can get that point across in a way. And I and I and for the first time, I really tried to tackle that in our wars on fire sabbat game. And I'm not gonna spoil it, but the, but I felt like I could like do that and I could explain it to the players more without forcing it down their throats. Now would I recommend this book to you to read this book? That's a really tough one. It's a really tough one because I rate it like a two out of five. It's not a horror novel that I enjoyed. You know, last week I did an episode on American Psycho where I said I would never read American Psycho again, but I felt it was a well-written book. To be frank, I don't think this is that well written. But mind you, it's a novel. It's only Dan Simmons' second novel. So I would say if you're just looking for a good horror book to read, would I say read this? No. If you're looking for a good book to read to, or if you're looking for a book to read to inspire you and to give you ideas 
being a storyteller or player, I would say read it. So if you wish to contact us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM. You can find us on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. Also, if you happen to enjoy this video, a thumbs up, a comment, and a subscription to our YouTube channel would mean a lot. And if you're listening to the podcast version, a sub and a review on your preferred podcast app, especially iTunes, would mean a lot. All this helps garner us more attention and would be much appreciated. You can also find us on Discord where you can come by and join us and, and talk to us. We're very laid back. And if you have any opinions, if you feel that I'm wrong with my opinions on carrying comfort, please leave a comment. I love discussing it. Some of these comments I've been seeing and our first two episodes of the Brian Book Club are awesome. And it really feels good to see that people are watching and listening. If you have a recommendation on a book that I should cover if I've already read it or a book that I should read, leave them in the comments, reach out to us. I'll go ahead and read it and give you my, my impression and if I feel that there's some kind of inspiration that can be taken away. Our next episode, we'll be talking about Alan Moore's From Hell and how that can be used in a World of Darkness setting. Other than that, I hope you all have a good rest of your day and I'll see you next time on the Brian Book Club. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.